Stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome back to Administrative Static. We are pleased to have one of our colleagues uh, join with us uh, today, uh, and I will introduce him in a moment. But the reason that he is with us is because it's that time of year again. That's right. It's uh, the time when the madness uh, of March uh, sets in and people start checking their brackets. And And if you're a follower of NCLA and a follower of uh, of what we do here, you know that the brackets I'm talking about are the brackets for the King George III prize for the worst violator of civil liberties uh, in America. And, and here to talk about this year's bracket and some of the, some of the juicy matchups that we can look forward to in the weeks ahead uh, is our Director of Engagement at the New Civil Liberties Alliance, Clegg Ivey. Clegg, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me. Glad to be here, Mark. Uh, yeah, the King George III Prize, uh, I feel like even more so than last year, uh, these runaway regulators and God complex governors we're all vying to make the tournament. Uh, and honestly, the pandemic was a big player here. Um, half of the uh, individuals uh, who made the bracket this year, made the, our 32 uh, tournament uh, members, were pandemic-related abuses of civil liberties. Wow. So, so the tournament got underway this week, and, and there, are, uh, there are 32 contenders uh, in, in this bracket, if I, uh, if I understand correctly. Uh, so... Maybe I'll start uh, with finding out: is there, is there anybody who just missed the bracket? Is there are there some like some disappointed <laughs> bureaucrats out there who uh, who maybe could have been uh, up for the prize of worst violator, but uh, but maybe got uh, you know just left out? Oh, you know, I, I I think you have to you have to look at the city of Coral Gables uh, with their uh, with their automated license plate reader scheme to spy on their residents. Uh, you know, they just got nixed out. We've got the city of Marco Island. They have right. the same scheme and it just came down to the fact that they're Marco, newer, right? Yeah, they're newer. They're the, <laughs> that, that new kid on the block, that new city. Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, that's one that I think uh, we could easily have seen them. Uh, absolutely. Terrific. Well, tell me, tell me about some of the matchups that you see here in the, in the first week and, and maybe explain to our listeners how they can participate in this contest and how they can help decide who advances uh, to the next uh, the next round. Oh, absolutely. So uh, well, first of all, there are 32 uh, individuals uh, from Anthony Fauci to uh, of the NIH. Oh, to, he's got to be a one seed. He is the he's the number one seed. Okay, that's right, right. That's right. A favorite. Uh, a favorite. Uh, favorite in the clubhouse. And of these 32, this the first round of the tournament. It's we're it's going on right now. And so each of these people is going to be uh, in a head to head matchup. So Anthony Fauci is going up against Tom Vilsack. Secretary of the USDA, um, and there are other matchups like Gavin Newsom and uh, Daniel McKee, two governors that are going head to head in round one. And you can go to our uh, we, website. We were just talking about uh, Governor McKee in Rhode Island and some of the uh, ludicrousness that he was uh, responsible for with Dr. Scully. So we'll see if we'll see if that leads to him winning that first round matchup against uh, the governor of California. is a, is a formidable opponent, though. Well, I think the governor of California is going to have the uh, more public uh knowledge on on uh, on his side more people know about his uh, his villainy 
but boy, let me tell you that Rhode Island situation with Do uh, Dr. Scully, um, epic uh, and 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 inexcusable. Uh, but you, you've gotten a lot of first round matchups that I think are interesting. Rochelle Walensky, the director of the CDC, the uh, our viewers, our listeners will be no, she's no stranger to them. Uh, going head to head with the board of the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB. Mm. Uh, and that's 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 a that's an unfortunate first round matchup. Honestly, I hate the fact that only one of them can advance to the next round. Well, there are there are no doubt multiple people who deserve to win, uh, just <laughs> as there are every year. Uh, some some folks have uh, have really put their time and energy into violating people's civil liberties uh, this year, uh, particularly as you say during the pandemic. We see several of the several of the of the nominees here. Uh, were involved with vaccine mandates, for example. Oh, absolutely. The, the just just the vaccine mandate issue alone. You're talking about Fauci and Walensky. We already mentioned Jakita Brooks Lashore of CMS. That's the mandate that sneaked past SCOTUS review. Uh, you've got uh, Douglas Parker at OSHA, uh, Xavier Becerra HHS, um, the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force, whatever that is. A, co a little a little uh, you know star chamber. Of, uh, of sounds like a Frankenstein policy. monster of a bureaucratic agency to me. Oh, it is. It's just a it's just a group of of of, of uh, you know uh, petty pandemic pull pots. There you go. Uh, somebody uh, somebody trademark. Wow, that, that was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that rolls off the tongue. But we want people to you know we want people to come to our website uh, at ncla uh, you know uh, nclalegal.org slash king dash george dash the third. Um, now is that a number three or is that like three I I so NCLA legal dot orgs uh, slash King, King hyphen yeah. George hyphen I I I yeah that's right all right that's right and 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 it's also on our Twitter and LinkedIn all of our social media you can get links to it um, or you can just search on the website for search, King George yeah, the third right and exactly that, bring it up too. exactly and, and you guys get to vote uh, we've got these matchups here if you decide you want Rick Spinrad at the at U.S. Fisheries to beat the chairman of the CPSC, Alexander Hohn-Sarek, you can vote. You can make that vote. If you think Pete Buttigieg uh, should beat the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force, for instance, that's a that's a tough first-round matchup because we don't really think of the, the Safer Federal Workforce folks, and that was our federal contractor mandate, right? We don't really think of them as, as individuals, and we all know who Pete Buttigieg was. Uh, and of course, the first thing he did when he came into office was roll back the due process. I thought the first thing he did when he came back into office was to go on paternity leave. He did, in fact, oh, okay. he called it in. He called it in from uh, from paternity leave. That's right. That's yeah. right. No, right before he left, he rolled back civil liberty protections that we had established over the last uh, of, of the previous four years. And uh, and so that's a that's another tough first round matchup. And you guys should help us decide who makes it on to the next round. We're gonna be doing this, Mark, for the next. Uh, four or five weeks, uh, one round each week. Terrific. Terrific. And uh, so tell me, do you have any, are any dark horse candidates who you think uh, maybe folks don't know about? We, we talked about Governor McKee. Is there anybody else who jumps out at you as, as maybe somebody who did something really egregious, but maybe people don't know as much about it yet? Because that's part of the point of this prize, right? Is to, is to shine the spotlight on people who did really bad things and maybe didn't get enough publicity for it. Well, I'm not sure about the publicity part. It's, Janet Yellen over at Treasury, I hope our listeners are familiar with the attempt by the federal government to ban uh, tax cuts, to force the, the states to actually, uh, if they're going to accept this money, they cannot lower taxes. That's a ridiculous irrigation of power by the federal government. Um, and, it, and, and I think people don't realize that, uh, that Janet Yellen needs to be, uh, you know, she needs to be uh, held accountable for the fact that the Treasury is still trying 
uh, is still trying to use these unconstitutional conditions on spending uh, in order to allow the federal government to control what happens in the, in, in the states. As uh, as U.S. citizens, you know, we are citizens of states first and the federal government uh, a distant second. Boy, as I look at the region that she's in, uh, Janet Yellen up against Gary Gensler, from chairman of the SEC in the first round. She's also in there with Lena Kahn from chairman of the Federal uh, Trade Commission. And then uh, in the other part of that bracket, you have uh, Governor Murphy, who we've been uh, castigating earlier in the program, Bill de Blasio, the New York City mayor, who was one of the worst offenders on lockdowns and mandates and so forth. And you mentioned uh, Chiquita Brooks Lashure. That's that that might be the uh, that might be the the East uh, bracket <laughs> this year. I mean, that's a that's a tough one. A lot of lot of uh, would be champions there. And I and I think you have to you have to realize that somebody like Janet Yellen, the state tax cut ban. Uh, is is not it, people aren't as passionate uh, about it as I think they should be, and I don't think it's associated with an individual the way that you know Phil Murphy or Bill De Blasio or even uh, Muriel Bowser, the DC mayor. You know, a lot of their policies are really associated with them personally, um, and I think part of what we need to do is, is is let folks know that it's not the SEC or. Uh, or it's not treasury. And, and just to be clear, that's he's not the chairman of the Southeast Conference. <laughs> he, this is the Securities and Exchange Commission. Yeah, the Southeast Conference has their own problems. We could talk about that on a different show. <laughs> but, but they're yeah. not governmental. They're so, not governmental. Yeah. It's a Sur- Securities and Exchange Commission, of course. Uh, and uh, if we could do three or four shows just on what the Securities and Exchange Commission has done uh, this year. So don't get me started on that. But that's a tough, yeah, that's a tough bracket. You know, don't uh, don't assume that Anthony Fauci and Rochelle Walensky are number one and number two seeds. Uh, don't assume they're going to make it all the way through. I mean, there could be an upset in here somewhere. That would be an upset if they didn't, though. Those are those are some pretty uh, pretty hideous violators of civil liberties this year. And, and in the case of, of Anthony Fauci, not only has he been uh, has he been violating the civil liberties of people, he's been going after cats and dogs. I mean, I don't know if you've been following this, but it, <laughs> the NIH has been funding horrible research against beagles in Tunisia, where they were cutting their vocal cords and then letting their faces be eaten by fleas or something like that. It's just a horrible, horrible uh, man who's been responsible for this uh, this grotesque research. But I, I wanted to clarify maybe uh, uh, a couple of, of other uh, names in the bracket. So we have uh, Samuel Stanley, president of Michigan State University. Uh, so the Spartans are in the bracket, uh, as they often are. <laughs> as they uh, often but, are. Right? Uh, but this does not. Uh, this this doesn't have anything to do with uh, the basketball team. Likewise, Gregory Washington, the president of George Mason University, another uh, another uh, a frequent appearant, uh, another school that frequently frequently appears in the bracket. Uh, but again, uh, this isn't basketball related. This is because President Washington and and President uh, Stanley were uh, were behind vaccine mandates at their respective campuses. That, that's right. Yeah, those vaccine mandates uh, were particularly nefarious because they were so arbitrary and so capricious. I mean, if you know anything about these mandates, you know that uh, certain uh, any vaccine would satisfy the mandate, even if it was something crazy like the Sinovac, the Sinovac virus, which honestly, I think you're better off with just a, a throwing a dart at a dartboard and deciding what, you know, which way to walk, which side of the street to walk on than taking that virus. And yet that would satisfy the mandate, but not natural immunity, which science has established for, you know, decades uh, is, uh, it, it, you know, is a sufficient protection or at least as good as some of these things. And, 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 and it was just these, these university uh, presidents, they are uh, the worst at using their power to affect people. We're, we're running out of time, so I wanted to con- get you to comment on one other uh, person in the bracket, which is literally no one at the FDA. What's that all about? <laughs> well, uh, in the middle of a pandemic, Mark, our uh, our, our, our president uh, comes into office and does not appoint 
does not appoint anyone to run FDA for a year. Yeah, that's crazy. That's I mean, crazy. Well, as uh, as Flag said, there's lots of good candidates here uh, in the bracket. Uh, go to the website nclalegal.org slash k-org i-i-i and tell us who you think should advance for the next round. We'll be back with more on Administrative Static right after this. Welcome back to Administrative Static, and I am going to be moderately uh, uh, upbeat on an actual proposal for regulation. Uh, I, 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 th- I think one cheer There's for a no comment is what I'm going to say here. Um, the Federal Trade Commission has, um, miraculous dictu, miraculous to relate, actually tries, is attempting to create a regulation rather than suing people. Let me explain that. So uh, they have issued under 16 CFR Part 462 a regulation having to do with deceptive or unfair earnings claims. These are often called multi-level marketing deals where um, they're advertised, whatever the product's being sold, they tell you you can make X amount of money or Y amount of money selling these products from home. Um, But in any event, uh, and, and... all the states have laws they're, against They're known pyramids. as pyramid schemes if they're illegal. If they're illegal, right? And there's laws about that, and there's even common law about it at the federal level. or, or you know, But the FTC has gone further than that. They don't like these uh, for their own reasons. And so they have sued, and I saw on the footnotes here, many people, uh, many organizations I'm familiar with, saying that they're scams. And one of the problems with this is that these people have tons of happy and happy workers who actually intervened in one of the cases I'm, I'm familiar with and said, we, 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 lo- we want this, please, this isn't, this isn't a scam. We did make this money. But because the level for the Federal Trade Commission, they don't even have to prove anyone was harmed. They just have to have an imaginary person that they've imagined that could be harmed by this, which, uh, you know, I don't know if that shouldn't be moot for crying out loud. Where's the case of controversy there? But anyway, um, but what has happened? Why they're issuing a regulation on what they think is wrong with these multi-level marketing and what what they're going after and what they want to do, and they're inviting notice and comment. Well, good. That's that's supposed to happen. And why hasn't it happened? Well, it didn't happen because for years, uh, for forty years, fifty years, the FTC under the unfairness doctrine. And by, by the way. This is also the FTC walks right up to the edge of uh, the non-delegation doctrine. They they're allowed to go after any practice in America deemed unfair. Now, what does that right up to the edge, John? (laughs) Of current legal precedent, they they may plunge into the abyss now and then. If you ask me, but but, but go ahead. There's no question, but they don't tell you what's unfair and beforehand. It's kind of like. The uh, the jokes about your girlfriend when she's mad at you and you say, well, what's what's wrong? And she says, you should know um, that is that that is kind of how the FTC acts, except they have the power to take all your money and shut you down. Yeah. And when I was so, a newlywed, I used to make the mistake of guessing. And then I quickly figured <laughs> out that I wasn't making things better. 
<laughs> exactly. So, so uh, the FTC has taken this you should know uh, procedure and then gone and sued people and then said, well, everybody knows who we sues, sued. And so you should know what's wrong by the people we sued before. But they've gone further than this. Under um, Section 5 of the FTC Act, the Unfairness Doctrine, they're allowed to get injunctions. And we've discussed this. This was the AMG case that went all the way to the Supreme Court. And NCLA put in an amicus brief in that, and, and we've brought actions like it. And nonprofits in general like us have been, have been pushing on this for a while. But what's happened is they said, well, we're allowed to get an injunction. And one thing an injunction can do is freeze your money and then take it in what's called disgorgement. And uh, the FTC said they had this power, and we put in a brief saying, no, they don't. They're allowed to enjoin you from doing bad marketing practices that are unfair under the statute. That's what they're allowed to do. They're not allowed to take your money and give it to other people. When, when we allow that, that's called damages, and, and there are laws for that, and, and that, is, that is well known in the law. It's not some like crazy thing. And you know what happens? They write a law. They say, oh, if you do X, Y, or Z, the government can come and take your money. And Congress puts in protections for it and, and says what the processes are going to be, and you can go and do it. So the Supreme Court in AMG took away this power that the FTC had unlawfully accrued. And uh, I, I go on. I'll just be very brief here. The way they accrue it is they attack the unrepresentative. They attack people who have no ability to defend themselves, and they get them to confess a judgment. Then they use that precedent to go to some court when they have a slightly, maybe a represented party, but maybe they're not represented by a, a big firm or something. They're represented by some guy who, who's always represented them and doesn't know how to fight the FTC. And they, but and they say, well, look, yeah, we've, yeah, exactly. We've got this precedent. And then, then they have a slightly contested case and they get a judgment because this, this guy is an, an expert in FTC law. And then they move on. Then they show all these district courts, oh, we've had this power since 1973. Look, look at this case. Um, and, and so that's how they did it, little by little. And, and this is not like, oh, this is Vecchioni's conspiracy theory. A guy who worked for the FTC and came up with this and did this, he wrote a whole lot. He wrote a whole piece that he presented to an FTC conference on like the 20th year anniversary of doing this. <laughs> and, and so we put that in our yeah. brief. This is look, not- Look at what we did. Look yeah. what I did. Yes, exactly. So- um, this is not this is not conspiracy mongering by Vecchioni. This is actually, hey, look at this. So um, the Supreme Court put the kibosh on that. They said, no way, no how you have this power. Now you have other powers under Section 19. You can, you, you know, you could do notice and comment. You could, and the Supreme Court noticed all the powers they have. So lo and behold, the FTC still wants to take everybody's money. And they still want to move on this theory that even if they can't find anyone injured, they can conceive of someone who would be injured. And so they can still say, well, it defrauded all these people without having to show as every plaintiff in the world has to show who was injured and how much. So uh, they went and um, they went and uh, uh, and they've they've have notice and comment. And I, I assume it will it will have some notice and comment. But as one of the uh, problems with the FTC is because you never know they're going to come after you. And you never, no one ever thinks they're deceiving anyone, 
right? Except the real fraudsters, and they're not going to put comments in, but everyone thinks they're above board and that the FTC would never come after them. So no one comments beforehand. Then after afterwards, uh, I think they say, hey, I can't believe this was happening. So well, you don't want to put a target on your back either, right? I mean, exactly. I would encourage people to comment, by the way. Oh, but yeah. If you, maybe if you trade any... associations, that kind of thing. Exactly. They should all be commenting on this and they should be talking about what is what is allowable and what's not allowable. Um, certainly, uh, one of the things I know in one of these cases, someone just didn't keep records of how much it, the former, uh, members of its, of its, uh, program had made. Uh, they just didn't, it wasn't in their, in their business plan. They didn't keep records so that when the FTC came and said, no one's making money, they had current people who were making money, but they didn't have any records of the past people. And they said, ah, that's fraudulent. You can't show any of this. Um, which is kind of, you know. I didn't know I had to keep records of that. Is well, because the there isn't a regulation that says you have to keep records. Yeah, exactly. On it. You could have told me. Um, but in any event, so I, I do think that it is good, though, because it shows what we do here at NCLA matters. And it matters when people stand up to the FTC, when they stand up to the regulatory agency. Because in the past, we wouldn't get a document like this. They wouldn't have to say to anyone what they were thinking. They wouldn't they wouldn't have to. They could just say, ah, in fairness, it, it exists in the air around us. And, and we we will now come after you and uh, we'll say that's unfair. Well, everyone in this business does that practice. I'm sorry. Just because you're all criminals doesn't mean that uh, it's it's OK. But, you know, you could have told us before and you could have given us a warning letters. Uh, we don't have to give warning letters. We can just do this. Well, what if I sent you my program or what I was going to do beforehand? We don't comment on stuff before we bring law cases. I mean, it's unbelievable. You can't you can't uh, win for losing. Um, so but it but I do think and this is why I started out that this is one cheer for regulation. The fact that the FTC is going to its regulatory powers and going through the I, the process of saying, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. And now asking for notice and comment, it does it provides everybody in this area with more information and a little more transparency, more transparency. And, you know, I have seen notice and comment change regulations, I, not for the FTC because they never do it. But 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 we have seen that some regulation becomes less onerous because of notice and comment. And uh, oftentimes uh, an agency just wants to go off in the direction it's heading, no matter what you do. But uh, every now and then you tell them something they didn't know or you you show them a problem that's going to be big problem for them litigation wise and they get rid of it before it happens. Well, so let me be a little we... bit let me be a little bit cynical, if I may, John, which is to say one of the reasons why agencies avoid putting regulations out there is once the regulation is final, you can sue on it before the agency has ever applied it against anyone. And they much prefer the reverse. They prefer to bring all these lawsuits against people, get all these settlements, as you were describing it, and build up this sort of common law, administrative common law, uh, suggesting that the conduct is is uh, is not allowed, rather than do it in the reverse and have to have their their rules survive a judicial review before they can use it. That's true. I, I don't doubt that's true. And that's that's why I do say one cheer for regulation here, because this is how you're supposed to do it. The Congress did pass the APA. Um, and it does it does have some effect. Now, we still think that the agencies overstepped their bounds and all the discretion and all the other uh, judicial uh, uh, allowance of things that they shouldn't allow. But the, the fact of the matter is this is better than suddenly out of the blue, you get sued for something you don't know that they're even after. Um, right. It's it's the best of bad alternatives, but they still have to have statutory authority for whatever 
rule right. they put out there. The APA doesn't provide standalone statutory authority for them to issue any sort of regulation they want. They still have to have specific subject matter authority. And I, they don't have very much at the FTC, if I'm not mistaken, like over data privacy or something like that. Well, they've not given st- them. Well, we, we say that, but here's the thing. There are people every day who get their money taken away and get enjoined from doing this because something is decided is unfair under data, data privacy. I, I mean, that, that was the LabMD case. Uh, the FTC came out of the blue, and uh, it eventually got overturned in the, in the 11th Circuit. But, you know, it shut down a business, destroyed a business. I mean, the, 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 um, the FTC, a word like unfairness, untethered to anything except administrative will, should not be allowed, but it has been allowed. And um, Humphrey's executor, long ago uh, allowed these things specifically for the FTC and uh, I I hope that it does not stand but at least while it stands let's see what the regulations are going to be and let's do go to the comment so one cheer for the regulation we'll see you next time